And the boys are here with me for another week. We've got our vet, Dr. David Tabrit. Good afternoon to you. Very good. Good afternoon, Dave. Welcome back to the radio Thank also, you. Denny Boz. Good afternoon, Dave. How's your week been? Busy? Fantastic. Very busy. What have you got for us? An interview today. Who are we talking to? Well, we'll be talking to Barbara, who's got West Highland White Terriers. So we'll touch base with her and to talk about the breed. Aren't okay. they beautiful? I love Westies. Yeah. And what about a topic from you today? Uh, I'm going to talk about our immune system. Well, not ours, but uh, dogs and cats. Yeah, and yeah. when it sometimes goes a bit awry, we're going to, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about those sort of problems because okay. we do see a lot of those. We'll look forward to yeah. that. That is coming your way as part of Pet Chat this hour and also your calls. We'll invite you on 49216216. Pet Chat, 2 in your RFM, 103.7. Dead set, I'm looking for a stretcher to put him on when we play squash. David is horrible. He comes off. He's a mess. He needs a stretcher. It's all the uh, blows all, up. It's all the bruises from where the you've hit the ball into the back of my head. I he's just, a mess, and he's trying to talk it up. Say, "Oh no, I'm fine." It's a good thing I'm a doctor. I You're looking for oxygen. You myself. really are yes. when you come off there. Oh, I'm just glad I'm not part yeah. of the team. We'll have to invite you to come no. and play. It anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's pet chat this afternoon. Good afternoon to you. A quarter past twelve, and we'll be taking your call soon on four nine two one six two one six. We'll take a short break and come back with our special guests. Yes, thank you, David. Barbara, thank you very much for joining us today on our show. What we had is a couple of weeks ago, we had a caller ask about the West Highland White Terriers. So what I like to do is get a breeder of of these uh, of the different breeds that people inquire about, and let's talk about the breed. And you've been breeding West Highland ter- Terriers for a while, so I thought it's a good chance to talk to you. How long have you been actually breeding them for? Around about 20 years. 20 years, wow. Yes. And you show them as well? Yes, I, um, I really only, I mainly show and yes. I have the, um, the occasional visits to increase my uh, show stock, yes. Oh, excellent. I guess some of the questions we, we like to ask is, where did the breed originate and what was a bred to do? It originated in Scotland and that's why it's called West Highland and yes. What many many years ago they were nearly extinct, and why um, one earl or lord in Scotland um, they bred under um, to go underground right. um, to pull out um, uh, to the, you know that but yes. it's like chasing things like rabbits or things under the ground, and they go underground to pull them out. And they have a really sturdy tail, so when they go underground, um, often they're pulled out by their tail. But the, when um, when this Earl was had Scotty dogs, you know, yes. the black dogs, yes. he went under the ground to get um, his leer or whatever he was getting, and he, and he came out, and he thought it was actually the... Um, the, the Whatever he was catching, trying to catch, and he, yeah, he and he actually shot them, shot right. the dog, shot the dog, dog. by so, accident, by accident. So he would move over to the white breed so he could distinguish, and that's when they were revived again because they, the West Highland White Terrier was nearly extinct. So they're actually bred to chase um, vermin under the ground. Okay, oh, so that's, that, that's their job. Okay, so they. And so they live in they lived in the um, heather in Scotland, and they have this really wire coat. Yes. So when they went through the heather, that the heather would pull the coat out, and so that's how they kept themselves um, groomed, sort of speak. So when they went 
and that's why they've got this really wide coat, because if they had the soft coat, they'd get caught in the heather. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Wow. There is a lot of thought that goes into the breeding in this regard when they were bred for that purpose that you say. So, so they were bred to catch uh, vermin, and they, and, they, and they moved through the heather. Um, they've probably moved on a lot since then, and their breeds changed a little bit, but they, can't, they originated from... There was, they've got five um, breeds that they originated from two dogs. Yes. And so that's the Border, the Westie, the Scotty, the Sky Terrier, and... Oh, uh, yeah. So- Border, Westie, Scotty, Sky, and Ken. And Ken And too. actually, yeah, actually when the... Initially when they um, were first bred, the Ken and the... Uh, Westie were the same breed, and if they were white, they were Westies, and if they were uh, collared, they were Cairn, but they become distinct breeds from those two. They are. When you see them now, they are quite different. In regards yeah. to the coat, is there a lot of maintenance, or is it fairly easy to uh, look after? It, um, if you were showing it's a lot of maintenance, because you actually hand-strip that coat to keep it firm and looking nice. It's a lot of work to show them. If you were just a pet, you just actually clip them every three or four months. Right. But it doesn't keep the, the wire coat when you clip because you're actually bringing up the undercoat, which makes them soft. Oh, yeah. and it's a, it's a softer coat then? Yeah, yeah, it's a softer coat. But, I mean, if, it, if you're only breeding, if you're only having a pet, that's all you need. It's that's only right. to show coat that you've got to keep a really wire coat, and that is a lot of work. But not if, not if you're a pet person. But the most important thing is that you don't wash them a lot because you wash the oils out of the coat. Um, and, and I often tell people just to wash them probably once a month, but just in the meantime, just brush them and put powder into the coat and that the powder drags out the dirt so that you can keep them clean that way. And they do keep very clean that way. I often go as much as two or three months without washing the dog. Wow. But if you, if you wash them on a regular basis, um, you actually take a lot of the oils out of the coat and that's when you start to get problems like eczema within the dog. Yes. Now, when, so you say, when you say powder, what kind of powder goes onto the coat? Uh, just Johnson's baby powder or just something like that. baby powder. No, I don't want to... Yeah, baby powder. I don't, shouldn't be saying brand names, but just right, <laughs> baby powder. Uh, or chalk that you can buy from a pet groom, mm-hmm. a, um, a pet... Pet place, yes, yes, something like that. Yes. Barbara, is the breed prone to any health problems? Um, as I said, they do have a little bit of eczema in their in their breed, and that's because you wash the oils out of them. Um, um, but I don't know of too much else that they get wrong with them. I uh, mine are, mine don't have any health issues. Um, my uh, first uh, show dog, who was a grand champion, he just died, and he was nearly 18 years of age, and I hardly ever had him at the vet except for the last couple of years when he was, you know, just an old dog. So, okay. yeah, yeah. Now, Barbara, what, so, kind of, what kind of families would be suited to this breed? Um, most families. Um, they're really good with children. They love walking. Um, my dogs probably go for about a 20-minute walk in the morning and about a half-an-hour walk in the afternoon, so they love walking. Um, they love children. Um, uh, they, a lot of people say that they're a big dog in a little body, and yes. that's what they are. They're really a lot of fun. They love bounding everywhere. Um, yeah, 
yes, so they 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 suited to most families. Um, I, I have occurred of a couple of being a bit aggressive, but I think that that can happen within any breed. But yes. most, most, mostly the ones I know of are, are really, you know, really quite friendly, um, you know, and mix a lot with, um, you know, children and don't yes. have any problems there, you know. Uh, I do say that if you have entire bitches, they can get aggressive like most terriers because mm-hmm. they try to be the leader of the pack and that happens with a lot of a lot of breeds where you've got entire men yeah. not do sex bitches. But once they're sex they're, they're a lovely personality. Yeah. Well so, Barbara you know it, Thank you. I was just going to say thank you very much for your time um, and uh, helping us out with this interview and to let us know about the West Highland White Terrier. We need to say White Terrier. That's mm-hmm. the proper name. Okay. No, so thank you very much. David, your thoughts on them just before we go, uh, a vet's point of view? I, uh, yeah, as I said before, I think they're a fantastic breed. Talk about personality. Personality um, plus. Personality <laughs> plus. I have seen quite a few. Probably the only thing that crops up from a health point of view is uh, I have seen a disease in one dog, which occurs in the breed, which is pulmonary hypertension. Um, obviously, it's not a very common condition, uh, but it is breed-related, and uh, it can cause pretty severe problems, but uh, oh, it's a rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. But um, a lovely little robust dog and, yeah, full of energy. And if you're wondering what it looks like, um, there is the My Dog food that you can buy. That's got yes. the West Highland White Terrier on it. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. they're very cute. They are beautiful. Okay. There you go. That is fantastic. Now, 26 minutes past 12, you're listening to Pet Chat. We love your calls. You can give us a call right now. There's a free line waiting there on 49216216. Sharon joins us from Kays Beach. Hello, Sharon. Oh, good afternoon. Hi, Sharon. How are you going? Good, thank you very much. Now, um, but my little do? dog's not going so well. Oh, dear. Um, I've got a Chihuahua cross with a Jack Russell, mm-hmm. and she's continually scratching, mm-hmm. and her skin's quite red. Yep. Um, she had did have a cortisone injection a few days ago, yep. which did relieve it, and um, I'm just wondering, I was given cortisone tablets, the prednisone, to start her on, Yep. and I was just wondering, um, you know, it, when should I start the cortisone in a, like... Now that she she started scratching again, and okay. if in the long term it's it's going to benefit her or so, how old is your little one? She's eleven. Eleven years old. Mm. And has has this occurred before this problem? No, no, no. But it has been. She has been scratching for about six months. I think at first I just thought it was right. yep. normal dog behaviour, but I don't think it is. Yes. Okay. Um, there's obviously we've got to look at, you know, what could be the possible causes because there's a number of things that could be bringing this on. And we always, you know, go for the easy things first, like parasites. So look at flea control and so on. And very often we have a lot of dogs that when we treat or make sure that they've got good flea control, they may still be scratching afterwards. So then we start looking at things like allergies, um, contact allergies or inhaled allergies where pollens and so on, they breathe them in and it causes the skin to become inflamed. So you need to look at which areas they're chewing at. Now, if it's around the tail base and you're scratching there, then we usually think flea allergy dermatitis and that's an actual one little bite from a flea on your front toe can make your back end itch, okay, because it's an allergic process. If If it's more the feet and the belly or the flank then it's more likely to be a contact with say grass or something that's out in the yard yeah it is more the feet the belly and the flank 
It, yep. it's, there's no fleas. They've been ruled out. Good, good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, make sure you keep up with the flea control, though. So don't always yeah. just think, because what happens is you'll uh, have trouble getting control of uh, any sort of itching um, yep. if it's an allergy or it's actually a condition called atopy, A-T-O-P-Y, and yep. it's a, a uh, um, inherited disorder that dogs can develop, and they develop it to things in the environment, as I said, like contact allergies, are the most common things. So any time where the grass maybe uh, gets longer and there's seed on it, it's more likely, or freshly freshly cut grass because there's more contact. But also any time if we go outside, when they come back inside, wipe uh, with a damp cloth the feet and the belly. Okay. Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing is using a a medicated shampoo like an aloe vera oatmeal blend, very good and soothing for the skin. Yep. Uh, the third thing is I like the use of antihistamines, and you need to speak to your vet about using that. They mm-hmm. are um, more expensive than cortisone. They're shorter acting, but mm-hmm. they don't have the side effects that cortisone has. And okay. cortisone is very good in its various forms at stopping the yep. itching, yep. but longer term it can start to cause problems. Um, okay. So it gets you out of trouble to start yep. with, but down the track, it's hard to rely on it because it becomes less and less effective over time. Mm. So it's useful to start with, but I think you need to tackle those other areas. So wiping the skin down, using uh, the medicated shampoo, and find out some more about antihistamines, which you'll need to speak with your vet about. Okay. All right? All right. So good luck with that, and hopefully uh, we often see this problem at the turn of a season. So the change of the cooler weather brings on different pollens and so on from the western parts of the state so that's why we're we're seeing these problems now flaring up it's not just spring and summer it's pet chat this afternoon 49216216 if you'd like to be part of the program just as linda from Howes valley has done and a very good afternoon to you linda hello how are you today hi linda we're good what can we do for you um look i've got to say i have been to the vet three times about this problem with my dog in fact i went yesterday when i was hoping that you might have some idea as to what her problem could be because it's got our vet a little stumped. Right. She had this nasal discharge, which at times it's very thick and, and um, puffy yep. um, with a little bit of blood in it. And sometimes it's just uh, just runny li- you know, liquid. Um, and she has a, a, a sneeze at times, which makes her nose bleed. Yes. Um, she has it does the, the smell doesn't come from her mouth it only comes from her nose um and it's 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 really bad what sort um, of dog is she she's a um I, we got it from the RSPCA. she's a kelpie cross i would think maybe staffy and how old is she uh they didn't know when we got her but i would estimate she's about 8 or so yeah. okay and how long has this been going on for uh, about 3 years now oh yeah. Um, okay. At first, he thought that it was um, a grass seed up her nose, mm-hmm. um, which it's been going on for too long for it to be that. So then he said cancer. Well, it would have shown its ugly head by now if it was a mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so possibly an allergy. But mm. when I was discussing with him yesterday, I said, you know, like you would think it'd be seasonal. He said, no, not necessarily. It might be a plant that or something that's there mm. all the time. I am in the country in the bush. It seems a bit... Um a bit severe for an allergy, but it's a possibility. Mm, 
I think that's what's got him confused. Yes. It? Yeah. So he gives her, I couldn't tell you what the injection is, um, but an injection which increases her appetite, which she needs like a hole in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of animals, Around. like when they, when they can't smell their food, they'll often reduce their appetite. Certainly with cats we see that. I guess the thing that I'd be, you know, it's been going on for a while, um, there's a whole range of uh, things that can be done, but obviously you want to get to the bottom of this. And I, I agree that uh, cancer or neoplasia is um, less likely given the duration. And I mean, that would have been my first thought. If you'd said it's been a month, then I'd mm. be really worried that it's cancer. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't rule out a foreign body like a, a grass seed completely because certainly, you know, they could just be sitting there until you actually get in there and remove it. Um, that could be a problem. So that could be there for three, three years. Yeah, and unless it, until it comes out, it's still going to be there. Right. Uh, but the other thing is that we do see is chronic infections, and uh, it's called chronic rhinitis. Um, but the reason why they get these really long-term infections is a couple of things. One is resistant uh, bugs, so you get bacteria in there. The other thing we see, nasal passage disease, is um, some fungi, like uh, called aspergillus or uh-huh. aspergillosis. Right. Uh, we can also see another disease called cryptococcus as well, which can cause those sort of symptoms. And the other thing that happens is it gets right up into the sinuses. Now, the sinuses are these air cavities in the bone, and they're lined by the uh, mucus epithelium that comes from the nasal passages, and they connect with the nasal passages. And they provide um, you know, probably some airflow... Um, they also provide some resonance to voice and they provide, um, you know, that makes the skull a bit lighter but stronger. So they're there for a reason, but they can be areas where you get these pockets of infection and it can actually then sit in the bone as well. So you get an osteomyelitis. This is one of the scenarios I reckon where you really need to bite the bullet and get some further investigation done. And by that, you probably, without knowing the capacity of your vets to investigate but i'd be thinking you need a referral to a specialist Mm. because what they do with these guys is we do uh what's called a a rhinoscopy so they get this very thin it's almost like a pen size tube that actually looks inside down the nasal passages okay Uh and it shows up on a video screen and then if there's an area there they can see an infection or something they'll be able to actually take a biopsy and the other procedure that they do is a ct scan and uh, all these things we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show that are available for people are also available for pets. But nasal disease is one area where a CT scan can be extremely valuable uh-huh. because it's no good going in and biopsying one little area and going, oh, there we are, we got it, when mm. there's actually an infection in the sinus. Yeah, it's uh, only the one nostril, by the way. It's not the two, it's just one um, that it's been yep. happening. And as far as that fungal thing, he's um, given me some tablets. Uh, now, I'm not going to pronounce this right. Uh, Nizoral? Yeah, I, usually they need to be uh, have... It's more resistant than that, and they often need to have flushes and all sorts of things. Look, it's, it's a big issue in terms of how long it can go on for, but I think you're at the point where you need to bite the bullet and decide if we're going to investigate it further because otherwise you'll be giving him tablets for the rest of his life and cleaning up bloody pus all over the, the house and so on and it, it can't be healthy for him so as you said the smell comes and goes and that's the secondary infections but i would talk to your vet about um you know let's let's get it investigated unfortunately the other side of it is that um 
a specialist mean that it's a trip to Sydney because there's no, none available in our area at this stage. And there are costs associated with that, so you'd have to look at those aspects as well. But uh, I think that's where the answers come when you actually get in and look a bit further. It's 10 away from 1, and uh, what we like to do here is uh, we do an interview every week around about 20 past 12 with Denny, and I like to set him a challenge every now and then if I think of a topic or something I'm after. And, yeah, so uh, what's this challenge you've set me I, up I with I said now? a topic today, I said uh, a challenge for you was I found out that a lady, mm-hmm. okay, who is the daughter of Andy Gibb. This the, is BG's Yeah, Gibb. the BG's Andy Gibb. Yeah. His daughter... Right, Gosh. one and only daughter uh, lives in Sydney. Yeah. I found out, and she's a judge of Staffy dogs. She's she's very well in the in the world of Staffy dogs. Okay. So I said to her, I said to you, yeah. I give you a challenge of seeing if you can find her to come on the radio on Pet Chat and talk to us about Staffy dogs. About tell Staffies. us all about it. So all I did was give you her name, and you tell me where you've gone with it in the half hour since I told you. Well, it didn't even take that long, did it, David? <laughs> it's a couple of minutes. I had her rounded up. She's coming next week. So you're going no, to interview... I've sent her an email. <laughs> you're hoping that we'll have her as a guest to talk about Staffy Dogs next and week. And then you'll throw in the question about Andy Gibb, will you? Well, I'll play a BG song, <laughs> and then we'll interview her. Then I'll play an Andy <laughs> Gibb song. You don't think that'll be too obvious? <laughs> no, oh, I think that'll be gosh, lovely. Yeah. We just won't tell her that's what you're going to do. No, no, no. no. no, no, no. We're, we're just going to be serious we Staffies. Staffies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that red light on the wall mean? We're on the air. Oh, we're on the air. Yeah. It is amazing, though, how easy it is to find someone over the World Wide Web, isn't it? Yes, you've done very well. <laughs> now, your topic today as we move on, David? Dave, why does my immune system hate me? Now, if anyone wants a copy of this article, they can go to the um, website uh, naec.net.au and they'll be able to check that there and also download a podcast as well as or go to the 2NUR website as yes, well. Yes, we podcast every week, so mm. if you uh, work Catch or you, up. you miss it or you have a family member who'd like to hear what we talk about on Pet Chat, you can go to 2NURFM.com and the podcast will be there waiting for you to listen to, or it's linked to your but, website. Or it's on our website. Yeah. But don't uh, if you're listening to the podcast, don't ring in with a question. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> okay. But uh, what we wanted to talk about was about an immune system, and I wanted to tackle this over a couple of weeks, but... You know, our immune system is going on all the time inside our bodies. There's this little army of cells and chemicals and so on, and it protects us so that we don't succumb to a simple cold and die from the virus. And uh, there's all these different factors that come together. Now, the be- it is quite a beautiful system. It must be system. the same for animals too. It is. Dogs. Well, it is. Yeah. That's right. It's exactly the same. It's quite a beautiful system, but rather complex, and that means that things can go astray and when they do we end up with what's called an immune mediated disease so there's a couple of common ones that we see uh the flea allergy dermatitis we were just chatting about before but we also see things like rheumatoid arthritis meningitis anemia where the blood cells get broken down kidney disease and skin disease and so on so We'll see this when uh, there might be um, some sort of dysregulation or dysfunction. It could be an inherited problem. It could be a toxin that induces it. could be some chemicals or some medications. And uh, what happens is the immune system actually starts to turn on ourselves and starts to destroy some of our own body parts. Mm. And that's where we start to get into problems. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to tackle some of those things. There are treatments available, diagnoses and so on, and pets can recover and uh, and just as people can. Here's an interesting one for you. You know, if we go through a cold or we have some antibiotics, they say as humans we can take a product called Yakult and it helps put it back into the system. Yes. Can the animals, the dogs, take something similar yes. like that? Yes. What's it they, called? Uh, there's uh, a couple. There's one called Protexin, I think, mm. uh, is the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, antibiotics don't necessarily 
treat a cold, which is a virus, but a lot of people will go down that path, or at least they're concerned about the risk of a secondary infection. Uh, and what that does is it can upset the balance of the bacteria in our own system. Okay, And there's actually probably more massive bacteria in our body than mm. ourselves, believe it or not. That's a bit scary. So anyway, we'll tackle that over the next couple of weeks. And I just thought, really interesting, we have seen a couple of dogs recently that have got some immune system diseases. And uh, they're, they're interesting from a scientific point of view, but also how we manage them in, over the longer term for people. It's two to one. That's almost it for our pet chat today. Denny's got a big, 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 big event that's happening this weekend. I spoke a little earlier this morning to this lady from the Hunter RSPCA about it. You tell us some more about it, Denny. Happens every year in May. All across the country, Million Paws Walk. It is. Millions of paws, David. Millions of mm. paws. Four-legged, two-legged. What did you say? Three. Two-legged, no, three-legged? No, well, I said that's 250,000 dogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But maybe a few more if you've only got three-legged dogs. That's true. You might, have, you might need a few more. So the RSPCA is holding their Million Paws Walk at Morpeth, as they do every year. On Sunday. On Sunday at Morpeth Common, Edward Street. Starts at, uh, the walk starts at 10 a.m., so you need to be there a bit, uh, bit before that, obviously. Yeah. Also, you'll be able to chance, uh, meet Dr. David Tabret. Oh, you're there. going to be there, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, know we've got, we've got a first aid oh. station. Oh, great. I'll be there. Oh, that's good. Big, but you have Big to, Dog will be there, too. Now, you have to register. Uh, you can register online or on the day, starting from 8 a.m., um, and the costs uh, vary. It's a fundraiser. Yeah, it's for about the $7, and it's good. That's yeah. a fundraiser that's going to the Hunter so, RSPCA. Great cause. Yeah, $15 for a family online, $20 on the day. Rock up. I think it's a two-kilometre walk. It's it is a 2K walk, yes. Not too hard. Yeah. I reckon I could even manage that. And there's a lot of other associated activities and events that's and, right. and tents and that there that you can get Live involved entertainment with. And if you raffles. don't, Dr. David Trebert will be always there to resuscitate. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> what if you don't make the walk? Yeah, <laughs> don't oh, make the two gosh. kilometres. Oh dear, that's going to be fun. All that's right, for the Hunter RSPCA. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen, for today. Thanks, Dave. We're back again next Wednesday with Pet Chat. Here we do it between midday and one every Wednesday at two in URFM.